It's tangent time! The post-concert depression is really quite a bitch that ruins your day edition. So, as y'all know, I've been hyping up about this concert practice all weekend many, many, many times offline as well. Um, concert was last night. Absolutely worth every fucking second of it. I cried really hard. Snot and tears, gross crying. Thank God that wasn't in person. <laughs> uh, but, okay. So we'll start from the beginning. So I had therapy. And when I say the beginning, I mean uh, the beginning of Friday. So I had therapy and we cleared, not cleared, but we set up or started setting up a target that has been a bit of a thorn in our sides in terms of like trying to peg it down to a particular thing. Um, because back when I was a kid, there was a point when my parents were arguing um, that I just walked in and sat down on the kitchen counter. And I, like, as I told my therapist there, as I told Kendra, that was kind of when I stopped caring about how I felt when I felt I needed to help other people. Um, and we were having a very difficult time kind of trying to peg things as to like what that would mean because we have a list for EMDR that is like an I statement that you have to do your best to relate it to. It doesn't always have to be 100%, but it has to feel right. And none of them on the list had felt right. So I had to basically do some time traveling wherein I put myself back in that position from that many years ago. I was about four years old, I think, four or five. And I kind of had to go back in time to like revisit that a little clearer. So what I would usually do when looking through these memories is that I would go and see it like a third party. Because um, that's something I'm really proud to say that I'm pretty good at. But in this case, this time, I had to actually go back as if it were me reliving that moment. So I called it time traveling. It worked though. Um, because I remember feeling slightly proud of myself because I was like, I'm going to help them stop arguing so much. I mean, obviously, I was not um, going to stop them from arguing, but I was hoping that me being there would help. So we finally pegged that down to something that we could potentially actually work on for EMDR, which is great. Um, so that was good. We talked a bit about dealing with post-concert depression, if that was something I figured we would need to do. And well, okay, so basing this off the last experiences that I had for post-concert depression from online concerts, um, it wasn't as bad, at least not with the, like, with the summer EP party, like the, the one that I saw in the summer, the post-concert depression wasn't as bad. And I thought maybe that was just because it was online and, you know, it wasn't like the same kind of routine that you have. Because usually when you go to a concert, there's all the people and there's like, in, in my case, Anne and I would, we've been to all of these concerts together. So um, we literally would get there like early o'clock and we did, like, we would do all the traveling together. Um, and, you know, you meet the people, you talk with the people, this, that, the next thing. And you just kind of, you know, have a whole event-filled day where you're going and doing stuff. And, like, we didn't have that. And I didn't have that with the summer EP release thing, um, with the summer EP party. Um, and it was literally, it was nighttime-ish for him, so it was early-ish in the morning for me. So I just laid in bed and watched the thing while still cheering pretty loudly. But, like, it was still me just being in my bed and not having to like be fancy or dressed up in any way, shape or form. And it felt like I was kind of just watching a normal broadcast, even though I knew it was a live concert because it was being streamed at that time. And he could see comments and things like that at that time. Um, but with this one, um, it felt different and that's because of several factors. So at the start of the night, like it was after therapy, I went and got the coffee that I'd been raving that I was going to get all freaking week <laughs> because I've been so excited for it too. Not going to lie. I was very excited to try this ex like superly caffeinated ca coffee. <laughs> so I got the Trenta uh, cold brew with vanilla sweet cream, two pumps of vanilla and two pumps of white mocha with an extra shot of espresso as well. And light ice because I don't like cold stuff, but I figured it would be cold by the time I got to it anyway. So I might as well have some ice in it. <laughs> whatever it didn't make a difference but I felt like it would be weird to not ask for ice so I'm just like lit ice please thank you um so they made that it was really freaking tasty by the way <laughs> but um 
So I had the coffee ready and everything. And then around eight o'clock because our, our check-in time for the Zoom call, because with this concert, um, you had the opportunity with the VVIP ticket to be part of the Zoom audience. Um, so with this, we had to check in between eight and nine. I, we, um, so I called Anne and walked her through how to submit it because she didn't end up submitting that because she didn't get the form for it. She, she didn't submit the form to be part of the oncast and uh, the zoom call. So I walked her through getting that in like ASAP. Um, and then eight 30 comes and I check in and I'm in. And then I think I was the first person in there because I was top left corner. Um, which I think is generally where the first person who logs in goes. So that was interesting. Um, we were, all muted at first, which was kind of nice, not going to lie, because as soon as Studio PAV came in, um, and then in, uh, like as soon as the promoter came in, they unmuted, and <laughs> they unmuted all of us, which was kind of horrible, because <laughs> there was just one girl who really made it all about her. Oh my fucking god. First of all, uh, she went on these massive tangents-ish about other groups and other people, which was super not cool because we were there to see Ravi. So like, you know, if we're going to talk about things, talk about things relating to him or Vix at the very least, like don't go on a group tan, like on a tangent about someone who's totally not even related. Like, please. Cause quite frankly, we don't care. <laughs> like, I mean, obviously these other people were interested. She's, she then claimed to have like severe social anxiety but she runs a fan site, runs fan events, and I know anxiety presents differently for everybody, but that doesn't sound quite right to me, so I want to say that it's probably a self-diagnosis, especially because of how much attention she kept drawing to herself. She said that she doesn't like being the center of attention, and then she made a big thing about being the center of attention, so... Ed and I are still talking on the phone. We had each other on speaker throughout the entire concert because, quite frankly, then it felt like we were still watching together, uh, which was kind of nice. And with the, with the concert every once in a while, um, like, the, the studio came in and, like, the, the promoter came in and was like, okay, we're going we're gonna to let you guys know um, just a few minutes before because there was obviously, like, there was synchronicity things, right? Obviously, because it's coming, like the stream's coming from Korea, so obviously there would be some desync there. Um, so she's like, "Well, met, like we'll we'll pop in over the speaker just to let you guys know, like, hey, do a thing if you want to do like a heart or a sign or a wave or something, so that it lines up with when he views us on screen." Um, they just let us know ahead of time briefly. It didn't really matter. There was enough time on screen that even if you missed, like, didn't hear it, you could still be like do a thing and they he'd see it in terms of like us being on screen um there was 47 of us total in the video zoom call however i think two or three of those were staff too so there's probably about four or five of or sorry 45 of us um or 44 of us that were actually on the zoom call uh which was kind of nice first of all because then you're not this tiny little square and he can actually see us as people um but also because my brain is really kind of stupid sometimes, especially in this kind of incidence, when you're like sitting on a screen and you know that there's only like so many other people, it felt like there was just the, like less than 50 of us watching this concert, even though I know that that's totally not how it went. Um, and I didn't realize this until after the concert, my brain just kind of tricked itself into thinking that there was just the less like the, the like 50 of us, like less than 50 of us watching this thing. Um, because that's just that that's just what my brain decided to do. Uh, so when the fan letter part came around, we read the like the they posted the video for the fan letters. They did clip all of us together with different parts of what we had submitted from our own letters. Thank goodness. Um, and I'm really actually super happy. I'm like absolutely pleased. I made sure to mention it to them after too with the part that they picked from my fan letter, um, which was the like we'll support you no matter what you do because it's your life and your happiness is what matters to us most. And I'm so happy that that is the part that they included from my fan letter. Um, because that was the part that I like, if, like I said, I really wanted to make sure that he heard in some way, shape or form. So I'm really happy that that's the part that they included for it. Um, and then obviously there was more songs. The performances were amazing. Um, I was bawling like a freaking, like I said, snot, filled baby because of the fan letter part and I'm just like sitting there crying and I'm like at one point uh you can play the locate Sam game because I'm in the top left corner but all you can see is the top of my head because I'm crying so huzzah there was that <laughs> um 
but uh so we watched the rest of the performance obviously and like let me tell you still say this man just performing is absolutely amazing to watch and then the end comes and it's the sing-along part and (laughs) first of all it's my favorite song ever so i mean i was already like freaking out because it's my favorite song but also because this is the part that they're going to include our submission as well for the sing-along part and i didn't feel very confident in mine like i said i i sent it to my one group chat and had them vet the lesser of two evils because i wasn't fond of either of them but out of the two like out of the six attempts those two were the best surprisingly for me they picked the 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 version two which was actually the one i was lesser fond of but again when you hear your own self singing you hate it so i was like i can't do it anymore you guys have to help me back please and they included five clips from mine they used me five times in there (laughs) they posted the videos on youtube um for the fan letter and for the sing-along and can i please just jump off a bridge now no one's letting me jump off a bridge but i i just there's a huge sense of like awkward and embarrassment and kind of like I'm ashamed at the same time like I I hate it as I told my group chat I'm like I think it's just because like it's it's out there he's seen it I know he's seen it and now I don't like the fact that I know he's seen it I kind of prefer to stay invisible I don't like the idea that he's seen it it's too late to take that back now and I mean, during all the hype of the concert and everything like that, I I was not afraid of this at all. I did not expect to hate the fact that now I know he's seen it. Um, and then, you know, yeah. So I'm I'm just I'm I'm not mad at myself, but I'm mad at myself at the same time because like, ah, it's so awkward. I mean, they said I did okay, like, they said I did good, but, like, I still, like, it's not the fact that I'm worried about how I did, it's, I I don't like the fact that now I know he saw it, like, oh, God, I hate that, I'm so used to being invisible, I prefer to go back to being invisible, can we please just erase that and go backwards in time and not do it, like, Please let me jump off a bridge. Because, like I said, I just, I'm so used to being invisible and knowing I'm invisible and knowing that everything else is just a weird coincidence from the universe. But this was not a weird coincidence. This was not anything that was unplanned, coincidental, or, you know, oh, this is just a freaky alignment of something. This was something that I know happened and that I know he knows it happened. And I don't like the fact that I know he knows it happened. And I don't, I prefer not knowing. I prefer pretending that I can get away with just not existing to him because apparently I don't like the idea of knowing that he knows I exist, even though I know he knows I exist. Because ages and ages ago, by which I mean New Jersey last year, uh, there was a post on Instagram that I had posted that he reacted to, and I have to constantly go back and double check that it was fucking real, and it is. Um, and like I, I screen cap it every time because my brain is just like, uh, uh-uh, I don't believe that, and I like was desperate at the time for him to go back and unlike it. Like, please, please just go back to pretending I don't exist. I can't handle knowing that he knows I exist, and I hate that because nothing will ever happen, and I'm aware that nothing will ever happen, but like. Like, it's just impossible. It's, like, a lesser than snowflake's chance in hell. Like, it's the snowflake that just decides, oh, I'm gonna go sit on a hot burner. But, uh, nope, because it doesn't even make it there. Like, just, no. But, like, just, just, I don't like being seen. I've never been a big, like, comfortable person being fangirly. I hate being fangirly. I hate that I'm into him as much as I am. And I hate how much I've come to rely on him. And, like... How can I love somebody I don't know this much and more than just like more than the beginning of yesterday? Like, I didn't think that was physically possible. Like, it bugs me so much how much I like just need him. Like, I just. I didn't want it to be over because it also just ended so suddenly too. Like it was the, it was, it was, it was the song. It was the sing-along. 
And then it was over. And that was it. And that was it. Like, there was no encore. There was just, that was it. Like, we were, like, Anne said that it was maybe that the, that universe was, like, the encore. But it was just that, that was it. The promoter comes into the Zoom call and they said they're going to close it now. So they closed it. And then I just waited until the stream said it was offline. And then it said it was offline. And I was sitting there crying because I just didn't want it to be over. And I was in denial. And I'm still in denial because it was just over way too quickly. And I didn't want to close it because I just... Like, even though it wasn't in person was still absolutely amazing. Like, he had said, I think, during a concert that seeing us like this makes him want to do more. And, like, it wasn't enough. And I really wish that he wouldn't doubt that what he does is enough. Because even though this is a solution, I mean, that none of us really, like, wish had to happen, we would still prefer this over nothing. Like, honestly, it went so smoothly. The concert was in quality. Like, there was no real issues on my end with anything lag-wise. Or, like, it was just, it was phenomenal. And, like, it just ended so suddenly, though. And that, like, I didn't want it to be over. Like, no one ever wants concerts to end, obviously. But, like, it was hard. It was hard. I'm glad I booked today off to kind of recover because I half expected, but also I just, you know, don't, I just wanted to take the day anyway. And I'm glad that I did because man, it hit hard because like I said, like I just, how can I love somebody that I don't know more than I did yesterday? How is that possible? I don't care if people think that I'm crazy. Because I know people probably do. And before anybody says that I've built him up onto this pedestal of perfect attainable, like, or perfect unattainable human being standards and things like that, I haven't. I've been on tangents in the group chat about this. I'll probably go on to some explanation at some point later about this, but... Or I'll do it now! When it comes to... Knowing he's a celebrity, I know that what he puts out there is some form of crafted persona, but I wouldn't care to find out that all of it is. I like, you don't know everything about everybody you know. Like, your friends have things you don't know about them, but does that make them any less of your friend? No. Like, some of my former friends in elementary school, I didn't know everything about them, and then it turns out. I didn't end up liking what I found out after. It turns out they weren't really good people, and then I don't talk to them. So, you know, knowing this and knowing that he's a human being and that he does things just like we do, like, like knowing all of that, I think, doesn't... It, it makes it harder for people to understand that, like, I can see that. So they don't understand that when I say that I have these feelings for him that I'm not, like building up this perfect person because I know he's not perfect. I know he's not flawless. Like I know that there are things that I wouldn't necessarily like about him or maybe that I would find a little bit annoying. I don't know. I'll never find out anyway, but like it's one of those things going in knowing all of this, knowing that there's things I don't know. It just makes it harder because like A, I'll never find out anyway, but also B like people don't like, unless they talk to me, they just assume that you build up this perfect expectation. But I don't have expectations. That's the biggest thing. Like, if I were to properly meet him, I wouldn't have all these expectations because I'm aware that all of those things he portrays could just be a portrayal. Like, I don't have expectations Aside from what seems genuine, but even if I find out that that's not, it's not going to be like, oh, okay, well, you know, you set this up this way. No, because that's how I perceived him. But I'm not going in with this perceived perfect person because I know that he's a human being and all human beings have flaws. It's just knowing this and, and like, it just people don't understand that when I say, like, the feelings I have for him are different than I've had for 
any other living person, I actually mean that. Because, like, there are other celebrities, obviously, that I have a crush on or had a crush on or, like, oh, you get the butterfly feelings. But him, I don't even have the butterfly feelings. It's just something else. Like, it's it's just something else. It's this other kind of feeling. And I don't, like, know how to explain it properly because it's it's just, it just, it feels right. So, like, it's it's one of those things. Again, like, I know he's just a human being who does human being things, but, like, it, it's, there's, that there's a lot I don't know about him, too. But knowing that I know that there's a lot also is just, like, I wish I could find that out. I wish I could learn that stuff. I know it probably will never happen in my lifetime, but I wish I could find out. Because even if I find out, oh, okay, well, he's an entirely different person, nobody says you have to, like, like if, if for some reason, like, his morals and my morals don't line up, no one says that I have to pursue anything. Again, this would be in the perfect world that I would actually get to, you know, meet him for more than two seconds. But nobody says that you have to stick with people that don't fit you. So, like, it's just, that's the thing. Like, it's just, it's just, ugh. People don't always get that, though. But, like, after yesterday, too, it's just even more amplified how much I feel for this man. Like, it's so weird, because, like, I didn't think that I could really, ex like, go further than how I feel about him. But, like I said, anytime I accept the situation, and that he is who he is, and I am who I am, and those two worlds will probably never collide. Like, it's just, every time I come to accept that, there's just more reasons why I wish that they would. Like, I just, it's hard. Because in the Zoom call, it was funny, because in the Zoom call, uh, the the promoter had said, like, they they remember fans, like, they've got good memories, they remember fans from, like, oh, that was that one person who did this thing, or who did that thing, or, like, so, you know, that's not something we want to hear is people who want to stay invisible. Like, it's it's a great concept, the idea of being remembered. And I'm sure lots of people will love to be remembered and love to be seen. But for some reason, I think I prefer my status of invisibility. Like, just pretend I don't exist, please, because it's easier for me. Because knowing nothing can happen, but knowing that he knows I exist is, like, it's... I just prefer to be invisible because then it makes it easier to accept it. I don't know. Again, it's just, a, that's just the dumb part of my brain saying like, Oh, you know, I wish something could happen, but knowing it can't, but also like, well, he knows you exist, but also like it's that stupid false hope. And I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I don't like having hope. <laughs> Like, when it comes to this kind of a thing, because, again, I know that there is none. And, like like I said, it's less than the snowflake's chance in hell. It's the snowflake getting before the world surface, before it even goes to the center of the earth, hell, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, it melts before then, because I know that that's how impossible it is. So, it's just... Because, like... Like I said, my luck like that... My luck was used up knowing he exists. And like I said, I'm I'm like 90% sure that that luck was not from this lifetime. It was from some other lifetime in the future. So, like I'm on borrowed luck. It's not going to happen. Like and that's the thing like I don't want to like go off too crazy, but honestly, this is how my brain works. So like, it, it just, you're going to get some very real and confusing talking in circles here for a minute, because again, this is brain. It likes to dig its wheels in and spin in the mud for ages because yeah, I try not to spiral, but it happens anyway. So here we go. But like that one in a million bajillion chance would be like, <laughs> Wouldn't we all like that if the person we like liked us back? Like, wouldn't we like that? Like, obviously. But I know that that won't happen because, again, he is who he is and I'm who I am. And it just doesn't make sense for that to happen. So, I'm not trying to be, like, negative whatever, but, like, there's, there's, 
personal circumstances I could move past, like I would be willing to move past those differences, but I don't know if he would because I don't know him. But also like it just doesn't seem like that would be something that he would feel like he has to do. I don't I don't know. Like as I told Kendra, like what about me would be so special that he can't find that in someone who's attainable to him? You know, like over there. Or, you know, I personally kind of refuse to believe that everybody has their person within their zip code or postal code or whatever. But like what if that's not how he sees things? That's fine if that's not how he sees things. I want to say how most people see things is that their person has to be the same language, like the same continent, the same whatever. And that's fairly normal for people to think. So I can't say that he doesn't think this way and I can't say that he does think this way. But like if that were the case, for some reason say he did think the same way that the person you are meant to be with doesn't have to be the same why would it be me like it it doesn't make sense to me like again for me it's this comes to something I'm still working on in therapy and that like I don't see how anyone could like me how I like them and like because I'm a hundred percent all in so readily like I mean obviously it's led to being hurt a lot because I'll want to commit to things and then get burned like that's my own fault, I know, but it makes me kind of hesitate to believe that anybody could ever feel the way that I feel about them, about me. So on the off chance, somehow I was magically able to meet this person, like, I would never ever in a million years believe if he liked me, if he would like me, even really at all. And I mean, like, I've I've said this to my other group chat as well. I've said the poor soul that I wind up with could hit me with a bus and I still wouldn't believe that they like me or like they could write it in skywriting and I'll be like, oh, what a coincidence. Some person named Sam is getting a confession. There could be no one around and I still wouldn't believe it's me. The person could throw rocks at me, write it in the sand, write it in fire, write it friggin' on my forehead, write it on my arm. I still wouldn't believe it because it doesn't make sense to me. Like, that's the thing that really sucks. So, like, even even on the realistic level, on the attainable human being level, like, it doesn't make sense that anyone would ever feel about me like that. Because I don't see anything that's worthwhile. And, I mean, I think most people feel this way. And I don't necessarily mean it in a self-demeaning way. Because, like, realistically... It's something I think everybody kind of struggles with is seeing themselves as like, I don't know, maybe that's not a normal thing, but like, I don't see myself as having any real redeeming qualities. Like, obviously I know that I would love to show someone how much I care about them and do that kind of stuff for them. But like, if they don't take the time to get to know that they won't see that, I'm not good at I'm not good at that. I'm not good at reciprocating feelings because I'm so used to it not being a thing. And that if I do, like, it just gets rejected or, you know, again, I get hurt. So, you know, it makes me very hesitant to believe that people like me. And I'm sorry to my friends, but even some days I question why my friends like me. And I don't mean that in a mean way. It's nothing against you guys and your judgment. It's against me. Because, like, it's it's sometimes I feel like I'm just tolerated, which, you know, that goes to the self-value thing. That's a, been a big part of my life as an issue. Like, it's something I've known since I was a kid that I need to fix or that I need to deal with. Like, I've been saying for a long, long time before even high school ended that I would need to see a therapist about this. Because, like, I have a hard time believing that people like me for me and actually like me. And again, that goes to a lot of the shit that I've dealt with both as a kid and like as a young, young kid and then all the way through adolescence. And like, that's when your brain is doing all it's developing. And if people are jokingly asking you on a date, then running away laughing, saying it was a joke or asking you to dance and then running away laughing because it was a joke or they'll tease you because they like you. And that's, that's the one toxic thing that gets like built into your brain is that oh they like you so they're gonna tease you 
or be mean to you, you don't believe that that's a reciprocation of feelings. You don't believe that they like you. So you believe that they don't like all these things that they're teasing you about or being mean to you about. Like it, it, it happened to me a lot. Like a lot of people I know probably have dealt with this too. Like getting asked to go to a dance and then having them jokingly say, nope, just kidding and running away. Like that was a big part of my growing up. I would constantly get bullied by the boys because whatever, like that happened all the time. And same sort of thing happened in high school. Like it wasn't to the same extent, obviously, because people grow up and I know how to pick people better, but also because you have a lot more people to pick from than just your small countryside elementary school of 20 kids in your class, 10 boys, 10 girls, literally split 50-50 in terms of popular, unpopular, of both genders, five and five, and yet somehow people were still more popular than us, which was absolutely hilarious because it's totally false, but there was still that perceived, like, a word better than you even though literally it was split five and five and ten and ten like it was hilarious how well divided our popular unpopular cliques were because it was five boys that were unpopular five boys that were popular five girls that were unpopular five girls that were and those two groups of unpopular and popular hung out together so it was the weirdest thing how some people were still more popular and of course I was one of the weirdos so I kind of didn't fit most of the rest of it especially in grade eight like our our group of students matured enough to get past some of that stuff but definitely grade seven that divide was huge and that's when like you know like I want to say that was when we used to chalk shit up to boys will be boys but there was really no excuse for that but that kind of thing that early on in your life gets ingrained And, you know, dealing with parents and stuff, having divorced when I was younger and, you know, broken promises there and, you know, lack of communication after siblings moved out and things like that. Like, it just goes to further ingrain. Oh, well, you're not worth my time as a kid. That's how it felt. And, like, I know that that's not what they intended, but that's how it felt when I was a kid. And then, of course, you know, oh, I'm not worth being liked by my peers because I'm a weird person. And, you know, that just gets further and further ingrained growing up. So this is what I'm left with. So, of course, now I question people <laughs> and my friends. Unfortunately, sometimes I question why they care about me because, like, I was going through, and I'm still going through a hard time, but I had two people who had phenomenal timing. <laughs> it was weird. <laughs> um, and had sent me something. And I mean, I knew part of it was coming, but she sent all this other stuff too. And uh, Allie had come to visit because I had fudge to give her because I made fudge and I don't like eating sweet stuff very much. So I needed to offload some of it. Thank you for that. I do still need my container back eventually, but you know, probably six months from now. <laughs> Um, but like, she also left me something as well. And I've, I've never had people do that for me. I've like, I, I told Kendra, I'm like, I don't, I, and I told these two too. I'm like, I don't know how to reciprocate. I don't know how to do something back because like, I, I'm not used to that. I've, I've never just had people do something for me like that. And like, I'm still crying-ish about it because, like, I'm still, I still tear up thinking about it, and I know that's cheesy, but, like, it's true because, like, I'm not used to that. I'm really not. Like, like when, when you tell people you're going through a hard time or something like that, like, you'll you just, for me, hearing the constant, like, oh, it's okay, or, like, like I want to say the common phrase is, it doesn't help me much. In fact, it kind of makes me feel worse because I feel like I'm bothering people. But, like, those two small things that they did for me, I just, I I just, like, I I still, I still can't really believe that that happened. Like, they might have not thought it was this big thing, but for me, that was huge. Like, I still, (laughs) like, I, I'm not used to that. So... I push people away. I do that all the time. But, like, it's just because I'm so used to people leaving that I just, 
Like, like... <laughs> when one of them asks, like, how I'm doing and stuff, it's so genuine, and I'm just not used to that. And it's not like they're not genuine, but, like, like they're, they're both pretty genuine people. Like, they're all genuine. My friends are, like, the people that I hang out with now. It's not a very big circle, but, like, I've picked my people better. But when she asks, like, how you're doing or checks in or does these things that are so small for, like, small gestures that probably are like nothing for her but like those those mean a lot and I just don't expect it like I feel bad because like I've never really done anything like that back but like I just I don't expect these things to happen for me and I'm not good at reciprocating that because I just never have had that happen like I realize there's things that I do for people too but like it's not and it's like no big deal but like it's just it's just I'm not used to that being a thing that happens to me so it's just un- it's just so weird and alien for me. But like to sort of bring this back to the point here, to sort of bring this back to like the initial part of the tangent here, like with this person, with 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 my favorite person on the planet, like I think I prefer the ability to believe that I'm invisible. Because even though I know that that's not exactly true, I still prefer to believe that I am because it's just easier because I just can't fathom the idea. Like, like, I don't know, obviously I can't speak for what he's thinking or anything like that. And I'm sure that there's probably nothing like, again, it's probably just an, oh, you know, this person had a fun time doing a cover for me or, you know, like cover for the song or something or like whatever. But like, I don't. I don't like knowing that they know I exist, I guess. Because on, on like their posts on Instagram or on Twitter or anything like that, I don't tend to comment much because A, I feel like what I'll say is clever at the time, but then, you know, or like I just don't know what to say. But also, I'll look back at it later and I'll absolutely hate the fact that I commented or I'll hate what I've said. So I delete it and like, I'll send him messages on Instagram. I know that he did, doesn't read them, but like, I'll just do that because it's like, okay, well I want to send it so that I get it out of my system and say something. Um, but like it's, I'm not sending it to be seen or I'm not sending it to get a response. I'm sending it because like, I want to say it to him. But every once in a while, I'll go through and delete the messages I've sent because I hate seeing them. And I hate the idea that there's that stupid notification that says one message request, although he probably has like a couple thousand of those. So it's not just one, but like, you know what I mean? I hate being a contributing factor to that. So I'll delete a lot of them a lot of the time. Um, Unless it's something like I feel like that needs to stay there and needs to be said. Because there are a couple of things that I've left for a very, very long time. There was one night, though, I was fighting with myself about sending something. So I sent it, deleted it, sent it, deleted it. I feel really bad. But again, I know he's not seeing them. So there's a little bit less feeling bad about it. Because, again, he doesn't see them. So he doesn't know I'm sending them anyway to delete them anyhow. So... But like it's because the great thing about Instagram is you can you can delete a message that has not been read or acknowledged as read. So, you know, although you can read messages from people you're not friends with and not acknowledge that you've read them. So, yeah, just something to keep in mind, too. But um, I'll delete them anyway, because, again, I've got that option because he hasn't acknowledged reading them, which is great because then I don't think he's ever read them. I can pretend to still be invisible. Like... But I'll send him messages. I sent him one after the concert, um, which, you know, again, it won't be seen, but that's fine. I wanted to send it anyway. I sent him one after the summer EP thing, and I don't think I deleted that one. And I sent him one back in February. I mean, I send them periodically throughout the year, and I've written letters like nobody's business. Like I said, I've got like a novel full of letters for this man. It's literally two pencils thick. So two 2B pencils. If you want to know how thick that is, it's two 2B pencils. Stack the two together. That's how thick that is right now. To be fair, half are written in English because I've done the English and the Korean versions. But still, even if you take away half of that, that's still really thick. That's still a lot of letters. Plus, I still have two that I need to translate and get in there as well. So, you know, got a lot of writing and a lot of reading. But, like, the thing about that is... What was supposed to happen 
was I started this because the concert was supposed to have a fan signing event when it was in person. So I was going to give him that at that point. But then, of course, Corona hit and that got canceled. So now it's just been accumulating letters ever since. And I'm not sure that there will ever be kind of another opportunity for us to or for me to be able to give it to him and know that he gets it. I have like, there's an address that you can send fan gifts and fan letters and stuff to, but the issue there is unless I pay for tracking, I won't know for sure when it arrives. I won't know if it'll get lost. And I don't like that uncertainty because for me, if I'm going to hand it over, I want to at least know he's gotten it. I don't care if he reads it, uses it as a coaster, as a book bug killing thing because it's heavy enough that it could kill some bugs you could do some serious bug smacking with that like i don't care if he burns it because he needs to keep the house warm or something at least it's out of my hands and i know he has it because once he has it he can do whatever he wants with it he can read them he can throw them out he can like i said i don't care because i know he's gotten them and at that point, that's all I would care about. But mailing it, I'm so afraid that it'll get lost in the post that like I don't have any way to confirm it. I could send it to my friend who lives there and have her send it because there'll be at least a better chance that it won't get lost and she can confirm when it at least arrives in the same country. But also there's still the I don't know because like obviously he's he's not one to post like fan gifts or things like that online, which is totally fine. That wouldn't fit his aesthetic of his Instagram but like that's just not also something that he's really ever done much of so I mean I wouldn't expect him to be like got the thing and there would be no way to get confirmation anyway because it's not like I can just ask I mean people do like did you get the email or check your dms or whatever I don't like doing that because also they don't really acknowledge it nine times out of ten anyway but also I don't like bugging about it and I feel like that would be a bit of a pain in the ass for them so like I don't like doing that but at least with the fan sign that we were supposed to have, I could hand it directly to him and know that he got it. Again, whether he like keeps it or tosses it or whatever would be entirely up to him at that point. And I don't care because once it's out of my hands, it's his. Like it just, You could throw it on the internet and laugh at it. I, I wouldn't care because it's his at that point. It's not mine anymore. It's his. It, it reached its intended destination. <laughs> And I knew it reached its intended destination, but now that's all up in the air. So I don't want to send it mail. But the problem is, like, I don't know when I'll ever be able to give it to him. Part of me has thought, okay, well, I don't have to give him this anymore because I've still said everything I need to say. Yeah, he won't ever read it. But I've said what I've needed to say. Like the main purpose for those letters is a bit selfish and that it gets out things I've needed to say. There are a lot of things that I want him to hear or read in this case, but a lot of it is just getting out what I need to say. And like I said, at that point, once it's out of my hands, whether or not he reads, it's up to him. But at least I know that the option for him to read it would be there. Right? And that's the problem I have with that. And like, like, with this, with the fan events, there was no question of whether or not he saw it because he saw it. We saw him watch it. We saw him see it. But there's no level of invisibility there. And as someone who really prefers that, like I, like I said, I was fine with it pre-concert. I was super excited and super jittery about it. And then... Um, like during the concert and everything, it didn't hit me that other people were watching the concert too. Um, because it only hit me after. And I told Anne this cause we were still on the phone. We talked for four hours and 20 minutes yesterday. Like we, we were on the phone from before the concert until after the concert. Um, but I told her after that I actually legitimately had forgotten that there were other people watching the concert too. Like everyone was saying in the Zoom call that they were slightly embarrassed at the idea or anxious at the idea of other people seeing them on screen. Um, and they weren't really comfortable with the idea of all these other people watching them on screen. But for me, I totally forgot that they were referring to all the other people who don't have this Zoom call audience thing. Because I don't know how many tickets they sold. I don't know how many hundreds of people were watching. But my brain didn't even process that other people than the 47 of us were watching this 
I mean, obviously, I think I knew on a subconscious level that there was more than just us in the Zoom call watching this, but I think my brain just forgot that that was a, an actual thing until well after the concert, and I clued in after, and I told Anne, I'm like, oh shit, I forgot that other people were watching this concert, more than just the 47 of us, and again, a couple of those were staff in the chat, so like, I don't even know if 47 of us were more than just, you know, I think it was like I said, 44, 45 of us. So my brain thought that this was this tiny, small thing, even though, like I said, on some subconscious level, I think I knew, obviously, that it wasn't just a small concert, but that's how it felt. But I'm not even concerned about the other people who would have seen that. Like, it's on YouTube, too, but, like, for the fan letter and for the fan sing-along, like, it's on YouTube, but I don't even care about the other people who will see that this was a thing. I don't care about the other like people behind the screen. It was the fact that he saw. So there's no getting around the fact that I know he saw. And I hate that because I, like I said, I liked being invisible. I like pretending that he doesn't know I exist because like, it's not a matter of, so I know that this will probably sound like I'm afraid of rejection in this case, but like you can't be rejected from something you never had anyway so it's not a matter of like oh i'm gonna be rejected just because nothing happens i already know nothing happens anyway but it's it's just the idea of like he knows that like i exist and i don't like even care like i said when i say he knows i exist i mean like he's seen me physically twice in person three times technically because there was a concert in toronto from the group that he's in um and those are like split second interactions. So like he knows I'm a physical being and I know he's a physical being, but like, it's just the idea of knowing that he knows that for more than just that brief second of existence where our paths crossed. Like it's mo it's like minutes at most still, like it's still not like, Oh, we've, we've met now. Like, no, but like just the fact that he just knows I exist for more than that brief second where you see them. Because that's really all those interactions were. It's just brief moments in time. Like teeny tiny itty bitty moments in time where you know that person exists. But like just the fact that that was more than just a brief moment I think is what bugs me. Again, not saying anything is ever going to come from that because that wouldn't happen. But like it's just weird knowing that, that, like, that, that that's a thing that happened. I mean most people are probably stoked and probably super happy and I want to say that that's probably a very normal response and that mine's probably the weird response but I don't like it. Like I I don't I don't like it because it's weird for me. Because I'm so used to just knowing that I I can pretend to be invisible at the drop of a hat like I'm good at that. Like, I'm good at being the silent supporter. I'll like the posts, I'll retweet the tweets, and I'll like the tweets, but I don't comment most of the time. So it's the, I'm silent, but I'm here. And, like, even on his, um like, programs in the morning or his lives, like, he'll do on Instagram or on VLive or something, I don't comment much. I don't talk much. There's the occasional time where I'll talk a bit or I'll talk to other people in the chat, but I like to pretend that I'm invisible because it's easier for me because like there's so much that I wish I could say to him that if I can't get it all out I'd rather just pretend I'm invisible you know like because it hurts not saying things and I thought about this if I were to do a structured thing that I would like maybe read the letters one at a time but also like I have shown them to like two people and if anybody in the group chat bothers to translate them they'll know because i only send the korean versions in the group chat but <clears throat> there's like one or two i think that i've posted online on twitter um i'll share them after concerts the first two that i wrote like the one for london and the one for new jersey i posted on my instagram both the i want to say both the english and the korean um but that's because after that's after he got them um the only other person who's seen every single letter in English as well is Somi, and she's the one who vets my translations once I send them off to her, once I've done the translating to send to her. And then I'll post the Korean ones in the group chat, just so I'm 
basically just showing off my handwriting because I'm super proud of it, but also to show how long it is sometimes too. But if they bother to translate them, then they'll know what I'm saying. If they don't, then they don't know. But no one's really seen them outside of Somi. Aside from the couple that I posted online, again, if anybody bothered to translate them or the ones that I posted from London and New Jersey, those were more of the fanny type letters anyway. They get kind of personal and they tend to go a little bit not always happy topics. Um, like they're kind of they're kind of a little down sometimes um, with the letters or like they'll go to like a serious conversation type of letter. Um, so like I don't post those ones. But I have sent a couple to him via Instagram again on the DMs that I then delete. Um, I'll leave it up for a bit. I left one up for a little while and that was after February because he'd said something that I just felt he needed to see the response to because he had said something about not like fans not wanting to hear about his like personal life if he's dating or something. And that part breaks my heart. I went on a tangent about that earlier, or I will go on it again later because I've got less than 10 minutes now. But I sent him a response as best I could on like any platform. I sent it on Instagram via DMs. I sent it on Twitter via like tweet directly. And then a tweet or was a response um, because I really hoped that somehow on some level of existence it would reach him. But I don't know if it ever did. But... Other than that, and maybe one other letter, I've never posted them outside of the group chat or to Somi. So really, no one knows what I've said to him. So I don't want to say them out loud for most of them either, because again, they're for him. And and not that I think he'll ever, ever, ever hear this, <laughs> because he probably won't, because why would he? <laughs> um, I don't. I don't know if I want to put that out there like that. Like I said, if I don't ever send them to him, if I don't think that will ever happen, then maybe I would read them. But I don't think that will be something I have to worry about for a long time anyway. So if I decide never to send them to him, then I might actually take them out and read them just out into the universe. But if I plan on actually giving them to him someday, hopefully soon, but not likely soon, but hopefully someday that I'm not going to do that. So I'm going to go though, because uh, I've got less than eight minutes. So good night, good morning, good day, good afternoon. Thanks for tuning in. Peace out. I'll talk to y'all later. Bye.